Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Hello team and welcome to episode 237 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Barry Hyenga. Before I dive into today's episode, I want to make a disclaimer that both myself and Barry are not medical professionals. And if you are to make any changes to your diet or your lifestyle, please consult your GP or physician beforehand. Barry discovered the power of hydration when experiencing some personal challenges within her own health and wellness and realized that water was the missing link. She since dedicated her life to showing people the power of hydration and how much we're missing out on by not valuing the water we're consuming the way that we could be. In this conversation, you can expect to learn the steps Barry took to overcome the hormonal challenges she was facing, the issue with the bottled water industry, and the different ways you can manipulate the pH of your water to effectively wash vegetables, clean your skin, and hydrate optimally. So without further ado, Barry Hyenga. Barry Hyenga, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Elliot. I am great. How are you? I am very, very well. I am looking forward to getting into today's episode. So for those who have, may have not come across yourself before, who are you and what is it that you do? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. My name is Barry Hyenga. I'm from Arizona originally, but I bounce around. I lived in San Diego. I'm now in Colorado. And I guess a little bit about me. I grew up as a dancer and an athlete, loving being outside. And I had a dance coach in high school who really opened my eyes to nutrition and wellness and taking care of your body in a natural, holistic way. And so I really connected with that and have kind of maintained living that healthy lifestyle through college. And then I went and traveled for a year and a half and really got exposed to different cultures and ways of living and, and really was appealed to holistic living. But it wasn't until I got back when my appreciation and love for health kind of went to, an, to a new level because when I was traveling, I was plant-based at the time, still pretty much am. And while traveling, it was really hard to eat healthy because I was in these third world countries, living on a budget, drinking water bottles. I thought that was like my best source of water. So I was just pounding plastic, cheap water bottles. When I came back, I found I was, it was a slow progress through the trip. But when I came back, it was like, whoa, okay. I was super inflamed, had brain fog, um, some gut issues, hormone imbalances, 
And I did my usual routine of like, all right, let's get my body back reset, eating healthy, working out, drinking water. I was drinking reverse osmosis water at the time. And like, nothing was working. I was like, my body was stuck in this like inflamed phase. I was confused. And so I did a deep dive and discovered a new water or a different kind of water. It's actually not new, the science of it, but, and that changed everything for me. And I realized there was something to water and not all water was, is created equal. And then here we are now. That's what I do. I educate people on hydration and it's my passion because it's changed my life. I've seen it change so many other people's lives and just love educating on it so I can hopefully help other people. So the only change you made was the change to your water. Did you make any changes to your diet, your exercise regime? No, I was, the one thing I did was I incorporated salmon and eggs, a little bit of fish and eggs back into my diet from being plant-based. I believe everybody's different. Everyone eats different ways, but at the end of the day, my water played the biggest role. So at first I discovered the water. And the reason why I was plant-based was because at the time I thought it was the only way to get antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. Eating a high alkaline diet, raw fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, was the best way to get those nutrients, I thought. So that's why I ate that way. And when that wasn't giving me that full nutrient potential, when I discovered the water and I found out, which we'll get into the the fun sciencey side, but it's the most bioavailable antioxidant and anti-inflammatory on the on the planet, on the in the universe. So that really resonated with me. I was like, oh, like we need to be drinking this stuff too. And so when I changed that, everybody's different. It took me about a month to really like feel that inflammation to go down, brain fog to get better. My hormone, my hormones got balanced again. But what I saw the most was in other people. I started sharing it and I shared it with my dad who I'm home right now with them. And at first he was like, I don't, I don't drink much water. And I was like, dad, just drink some water. And he had just had a heart attack during the COVID season. This is when I discovered the water 2020 and he couldn't, and then he's okay, thankfully. But then soon after that, he tore his meniscus and couldn't get surgery because of his, he was high risk. And with that, we were like, okay, how is he going to stay fit? He plays tennis. And after two months of drinking the water, no surgery, no physical therapy, it completely healed. And that just really opened my eyes. I was like, okay, I need to dive deeper into this. I need to understand this deeper. And I started sharing it with friends who had IBS, daily gut, IBS, daily gut flare-ups and, you know, pain the past 10 years. And two days later, they feel great. Someone with food intolerances, two months later, they can incorporate those foods back in brain trauma and all these different things. But I want to do a medical disclaimer before we like jump into this. I'm very clear on not saying this. This water doesn't heal health challenges. It's our bodies. Our bodies are amazing, as I know, Elliot. And but we need to give our bodies the right nutrients and to put it back in a state of healing and balance and fight those free radicals and the oxidation and all these things. And the only way to do that is with living water. The scientific term for that is electrolyzed reduced water plus a healthy lifestyle healthy eating, exercise. But what I've found is that the missing link is water. And that changed everything for me. Mm. I'd like to take a step back to some of the challenges you experienced. Can you go into the details, if you don't mind sharing, on the hormonal issues you faced and how they evened out? What exactly did that look like? And what did the recovery phase look like? Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't had my cycle for like a year. And for us ladies out there, I think a lot of people struggle with this. I've talked with a lot of people about this and 
I was concerned because I went out kids one day and I was like, what's going on? And I started to get, I went and got some tests done. I had high cortisol levels. So when I was sleeping, my body was staying in a level of stress and stress plays a really big factor in, in our bodies. It can be related to more oxidation in the bodies and all that. And so I just found when I changed my water that it just it balanced things out. I was able to absorb the minerals and the nutrients that I was consuming. I was able to slow down my I was I was working out like crazy. So that that probably played a role too, just because I was like trying to get really healthy. And I think that kept my hormone levels up. But by drinking the water, it was like my body absorbed more nutrients, detoxed more. And then with that I was like, I can ease up on my working out. And then through that it was like this cohesive balance of things. And now everything's good and regular. And that was, that was a big thing for me. I can imagine. Yeah. The menstrual cycle, even whilst you're not trying to conceive is incredibly important. So that's, it's great that it's back and it's great that it's functioning well. And coming back to your college experience as well, what did you study in college? Did you study any biology, chemistry or anything like that, that gave you a background in water or or is this all completely new? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I study, I, I did not study anything related to the nutrition. I studied hospitality and tourism with an emphasis in meetings and events. And I did this. This is interesting because I I had been on a, a food journey of just what does my body need? What diet am I supposed to do? Like I tried everything in the books, supplements, this fad, this fad, this fad. I tried everything. And so with that, I learned a lot about myself. And I think everyone needs to go on their own food journey to discover what works best for that. And so with that experience, I was like, I don't know if I want to go into nutrition because I resonated more with holistic nutrition. And just that that didn't fit as well with me in college. I also had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, I don't know. But I've always been a heavy researcher. And so with all this, I want to be open with, I don't have any medical credentials. I've just studied this extensively and I hold really, really tight to the scientific accuracy because I know there's a lot of inaccuracy, especially in this hydration realm out there. And I I also noticed that most nutritional programs, there's nothing against them. Like they're amazing. I I take nothing away from doctors and nutritionists, all that. I respect everyone, but at the same time, there's a really big lack um, in water education, hydration education. And if I've talked to so many, even holistic nutritionists that I'm friends with, and I'm just like, hey, what was your water hydration education? And they're like, we kind of covered it, like just a splash. And that was really interesting to me because we're 80% or we're 70% water, give or take. Our blood is 80% water. Our blood is responsible for nutrient absorption and getting those toxins out of our cells and out of our body and flushing that out. And so the only way to the best way to really flush out those toxins and absorb nutrients is to be hydrated because our blood's water. And there's even some videos where there's tests done. And if someone, they drink coffee in the morning or Dasani the next time, and then they throw in the electrolyzed reduced water and you can see a change in the blood cells. They become stuck together and not buoyant. And that's a sign of sickness and disease. And then you get to the electrolyzed reduced water and it becomes buoyant and they bounce off of each other. And there, that's a sign of like healthy blood cells. And so you can just see the direct transition from just making a little change. Mm, I want to go into the uh, impact on the blood 
a little bit later when it comes to the impact that food and drink does have on our blood acidity or alkalinity. But we'll touch on that later. But you started by saying when you were traveling, you went for cheap bottled water. So there's obviously the scale in which we can get super cheap bottled water, but then we can get super, uh, for what water is, it can be super expensive. So what is the issue that you have with bottled water particularly? And is that, do you see that there's any difference between a water bottle that costs 50 cents or $5? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love talking about the water bottle industry because I, I grew up drinking reverse osmosis or going to Trader Joe's and getting spring water in a big water bottle. So there's a few things that go into water bottles that I like to educate on. The first one is the BPA and the farm or the BPA and just the process of creating the water bottles. So depending on the source, so there's different, there's distilled, there's pure, there's spring water, there's Fiji, which is bottled at an amazing source. And so although these waters, depending on the source, let's go with the most high quality. Let's go with like Deer Park and Fiji. So Deer Park is in glass, Fiji is in plastic. And so although Deer Park and Fiji might be bottled at a wonder one, like a wonderful source, the moment they're put into a bottle, they're going to lose some very important properties to the water that are present in naturally occurring glacial or mountain spring water. And we'll get more into that when we go into the science of the water, but it's molecular hydrogen and a negative electrical charge. So one thing, the, the main thing is the, the quality of the water. It's lacking some really important things because those properties actually die after three days. They lose 33% of those living properties every, every day. But the main thing is if it's bottled in plastic, you're consuming, most water bottles take on average four to six months to reach the shelves. Once they reach the shelves, they sit on the shelves. And in that process, they're just leaching and pulling in all these plastic and toxins, not to mention what temperature were they sitting in on their way there. And that's just water bottles like Dasani and Arrowhead, but Fiji and Evian take almost twice as long to get over to where we are because they're shipped all across the world. So the the BPA is just, the BPA is known to cause so many different sicknesses, birth defects, carcinogens or cancer. And so that's one thing with plastic. With glass and boxed water, it's better because it's not, it's, it's better in a health realm because it's not wrapped in plastic and you're not consuming microplastics. But the price point there is just detrimental to the bank account. So there's just such a better solution than going out of your way to buy these glass bottles even. And of course, there's still the environmental impact. Just manufacturing of water, regardless, does play a role. The emissions of shipping water back and forth. And then the price point, just there's so many other better options. But then at the end of the day, anything that's been in a bottle and been sitting longer than three days is lacking these healing properties that we need to have present in water. Even in the glass and the boxed water? Yeah, because molecular hydrogen, I want to go into all the properties like in one, like, you know, organized manner because it can get a little... Okay. Yeah. So all, I guess I'll just explain this so that, so the water bottles make sense and it ties into reverse osmosis and well water and all of this as well. But so what electrolyzed reduced water is, is we're going to bring it back to a little history lesson. So back in the 1950s, scientists 
were looking at these different indigenous groups of people around the world. Hunza Valley, Pakistan, Lourdes, France, so these different blue zones and areas where they, these people were living to basically 120 years old with pretty much no sickness, no disease. The scientists were like, what is their secret? Like, why are they so healthy? And they found that it was their water. Their water contained these special nutrients. Granted, they had, they do have a health, they have healthier air quality. They eat better produce and stuff than us. But at the end of the day, that missing link was the water. And so in the water is naturally occurring alkaline minerals, which happens when water runs over rocks and streams and glaciers. It's just, there are naturally occurring minerals. The second one is a negative electrical charge. So this happens in nature when lightning, so lightning strikes the earth 8 million or so times a day and it ionizes the air, the soil, the water, everything around us. And it puts this negative electrical charge on it. And so the negative ions in water are responsible for going into your body and toxins are positively charged. So it binds it binds to those toxins and flushes them out and gives you this really powerful detox potential. Electricity as well is I mean, someone goes into cardiac arrest and they what do they do? They give them like a, a jolt of electricity. This is because we are electric beings. Our brain is electric, our body's electric. And so we're supposed to be consuming or getting access to an abundance of negative ions. When you go hiking or walking or swimming in the ocean, your, your body's absorbing these negative ions. And so this water has an abundance of that. And the third property is molecular hydrogen, which is my favorite thing to talk about. And I think it's the secret sauce to electrolyze reduced water and this abundant water in nature. So molecular hydrogen, this happens, we'll get in a little bit to the science, but so there's H2O. H2O, we all know that. That's what water is made out of. So when lightning strikes this H2O molecule, it breaks the bond. It splits these hydrogen molecules off and they go bind together to create H2. So the water is still H2O, but it's just structured differently. So when you have the oxygen and then the H2, you have molecular hydrogen. And molecular hydrogen is the strongest, most bioavailable antioxidant and anti-inflammatory on the planet. It's also the smallest molecule on the planet. So it basically can penetrate into your body and hydrate your, your brain, your cells, your body on a much more cellular level. And we are water. So the more hydrated we can get, the better our body works. And there's, there's also something called the blood brain barrier, which is really cool. Our brains are really intelligent. So when you're drinking reverse osmosis, which is lacking minerals, water bottles, which have BPA and toxins, and your brain's going to let enough water in to where it's like, all right, we're chilling, I'm hydrated, but it's not flooding the brain with hydration because it's protecting our brain. So when you have living water, we call it living. It's just, that's not the scientific term, but I like to call it that just because it gives a point of reference to what these properties are doing in it. They're literally living. So when you drink living water, it passes through the brain, the blood brain barrier and gives your brain more oxygen and hydration. And this is a cool story. I have a buddy who has a very tragic story, but his, his brother had an accident when he was two. And in that accident, he is, has been stuck at his brain's been stuck at the age of two. He's grown, he's 22 and he hasn't been very cognizant and just remembering things and doesn't say words, doesn't learn, doesn't know danger, doesn't, he's just like not totally there because he has the brain of a two-year-old and I get messages from him all the time just like oh my gosh my brother said the word unbelievable he remembered 
a memory from when he was younger. And I think we're going to send him back to school. And he's just the, it's just so cool to see the the potential. And there's an actual study on this, Dr. Corinne Allen, and she works with patients and studies the brain and she recommends only this water. And she's seen a 36% increase in cognitive function since incorporating this into her practice. So just really cool things can happen when you change your... So in terms of the normal water that we're having, how much would you say is the difference between, let's say, a typical bottle of water that I'm going to buy from the supermarket and the type of water that you're promoting in the sense of what's the difference from a cognitive standpoint? I know you said 36% increase, but what is it going to be on a day-to-day basis for us? That's a good question. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I do have access to a ton of different studies on the brain and electrolyzed reduced water. And I'd be happy to throw those in. If you have a little resource section at the bottom of your podcast, I think it'd be, if people want to really dive into that and read into that, I can absolutely provide those resources. Yeah, I would love to see some more because if it doesn't seem to be many accessible resources, what is the reason for that? Because I couldn't find a lot of research on this at this moment in time. It was everywhere I went, it was seemed to be not enough studies. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to know what to look for because there's the word ionized water. There's the word alkaline water, which is is different from ionized. It it's, has similar, similarities, but it's different. The scientific term is electrolyzed reduced water. And I've most people don't know that. I represent a company. There's other companies that produce this water and they just search those names and they're looking for studies on like brands versus the scientific term. If you, if you go to look up a sickness or disease, most often you have to go to the scientifically accurate name and people don't know where to go. So here's another thing too. Google's a great search engine. At the same time though, it's, it's flooded with a lot of different opinions. And when you go to different resources and website, it's websites, it's like, is it a scam? Is this real? Where are the studies? And because it's flooded with opinions, if you actually look at the source and who that article is written from, it's usually someone trying to sell you something and compare it to this water and, or get attention on their social media platform. And they, people just don't know where to look. So I go to NIH, NCBI, Google Scholar, all these scientifically accurate websites where it's third-party research and studies. I go to doctors that I trust. But at the end of the day, the the information isn't totally there for that reason. I just don't think people know how to research it. And because of that, there's a lot of downward opinions on it. But at the end of the day, what I like to tell people, if water in nature is structured a certain way, and we as humans used to consume this water back when we had to live in huts and little towns next to these sources of water to live. We drank this water. And ever since we started piping water in the 1900s, the Industrial Revolution, you see a very distinct downgrade in our health. One in three women, one in three men now get cancer. Back then, it was one in 8,000. And of course, there's a ton of different other factors that play into this. I'm a believer in like the full exercise, food, water, but our water has dramatically changed since those times. And I think there's a direct correlation. I'm sorry to interrupt, but what I'm intrigued about is, do you think that part of it is when you are going through the process of manipulating the water to make it more present with minerals. Is it more about the presence of minerals? Or do you think it's more about the fact that you're removing a bunch of toxins? So would a water filtration system be just as effective given the fact that you would be removing all of the 
nasty stuff that comes through the tap waters and the pipes? Or which one is it? It's kind of the same as the argument I have with vegans. Was it the lack of taking out the meat that was the solution to your problem? Or is it the fact that your diet is now present with a ton more nutrients than it had before and a lot less processed food? So it's one of those ones, which which one do you think that's down to it? What do you think is just a combination of the both? Yeah, I think the, the, the magic and like I said, the secret sauce of this water is in the molecular hydrogen and the electricity, but it's not just that. You can't just go zapping toxic water and expect to feel good and get the benefits. I always say step one is filtration. So what the system's doing is it's using tap water, which tap water has naturally occurring minerals because it used to be in nature when we moved it. So it has naturally occurring minerals, but it also has rust and pharmaceutical drugs and bacteria and toxins in it. So step one is filtration, but making sure to keep the minerals. This is where I'll throw in a splash of reverse osmosis. This is why reverse osmosis is really dangerous because it does such a good job at eliminating all of the toxins. But in that process, it also removes all of the minerals and our bodies need minerals in order to absorb nutrients and function and all that. But step one is filtration. But then if you just have filtered water with minerals in it, you essentially have alkaline water, naturally occurring alkaline water, which is super important. But you're we're missing that final step of what water should be in nature. And I think if we can just live as close to nature as possible, we'll just naturally be healthier. And so for me, like, although I drank RO water, I talked to a lot of people that drink mineral rich water, but they still have all these health challenges. And it's just so important to have that molecular hydrogen and electricity, like the studies are insane for the improvements that that people see just in all areas. And of course, there's always room for more studies. We're, we're always learning. But what the, the data that's there is is there. And I, to me, you can't argue that. Mm. And when it comes to, I think that we haven't touched on it yet, but what you're referring to aside from the brand that you discussed is a water ionizer, right? It's something that essentially puts... The, the life back into the water, so to speak, to keep it in simple terms. Would that be, is that just the more practical way of doing it? Because realistically, if we're talking about getting as close to nature as possible, we would go to a spring, collect our water and bring it back. And there are actually websites that I was, remember, I went down this route when I was very obsessed with avoiding BPA or costs. So I completely agree with you on that front. And I looked for the local spring. I was living in London at the time, so it wasn't that easy to access. So is it more from a practicality perspective? Because surely the best form of it is getting it directly from Earth as opposed to putting it into a system that almost artificially creates it. I know that it's not technically artificial, but it is in a way, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I I, I totally see what you mean. And so let's say someone has a, a spring in their backyard and it's if you test it and it has the negative ORP reading, which we have ways to test the molecular, the molecular hydrogen in water. If you had a spring that had the properties and was filtered and totally, totally clean, and it was literally outside of your backyard or outside of your house. So you could get it fresh every day by all means, go drink that and enjoy it. And that is wonderful. I would be very jealous. And some people do have access to that. But the the reality is most people don't. And most, even if people have well water, that's different from, from glacial runoff 
or mountain spring runoff. It's super different. And I, I've had some friends who actually have their own system now and they were um, big believers in going to the spring and getting water and filling it up. And I think that's awesome if you're doing that. But at the end of the day, for me, I was like, I can't go to a spring every three days. It's just not sustainable. And also the convenience of having it in my own home, being able to travel with it, to share it with other people. And there's all these other uses to it. We're just touching on the drinking water. There's these other uses that the system um, can produce. But if, like, if you have that spring, amazing. But at the end of the day, if you're buying water or don't live next to a spring and it's not clean, then the best way to save money, have convenience, have the best water is the system. And some people think it is like what you said, it's, I can see how you would think it's artificial, but at the end of the day, all we're doing is putting an electric charge on naturally occurring minerals And this, this process is happening. So there's no, you know, synthetic minerals added, which is another topic that we could definitely touch on with alkaline water. Cause I know alkaline water is all the craze, but it's just, electricity and naturally occurring minerals that coming together and creating this abundant water. And I'm assuming there's a filtration system in there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, that there is. Perfect. Let's uh, transition onto carbonated water. You have a lot of pretty cool, cool videos on uh, TikTok and Instagram displaying certain changes that happen. And I'm intrigued about this because of, as you can probably tell by my, uh, narrative today, I'm trying to really dig deep because I, I essentially just want to understand all areas of the process so that there's someone for and almost against just so we get the truth and we get the most comprehensive answer. So I'm keen to get your take on carbonated beverages and I will go into my perspective and some of the studies I've looked into. So tell me what the potential issue is with them because if, if you've been on your Instagram page, we know that you're not a big fan of any carbonated beverages. <laughs> this of it. Yeah. I mean, for me, people are always like, oh no, I love my LaCroix or my Perrier. And I'm like, you know what? You got to live. Go drink that sparkling water. But to me, I don't view that as, as true hydration. And at the end of the day, there are some health benefits to carbonated water with like digesting and different things. So you can look at that perspective. But what I look at when I'm looking for healthy water is the oxidation reduction potential. Basically, is it an antioxidant or is it an oxidant? And so to put that into perspective, every day since we were born, we've been essentially rusty. When you cut an apple and you lay, you lay it out and it starts to brown and that's it oxidizing. And our body is doing that as well. And the only way to slow down or reverse or prevent that oxidation as much as possible. We obviously can't reverse aging, but we can do our best to slow it down is to consume an abundance of antioxidants. And the only way there's a meter, it's called an ORP meter. It measures the potential to reduce oxidation. So, you know, how we are reverting oxidation. And when I go to test carbonated water, water bottles, reverse osmosis, spring water that's more than three days old, I get a positive reading. And what a positive reading means is it's actually oxidizing our body. It's putting our body into a state of stress and it's not able to fight off free radicals, which are, which are cancer causing cells. But when you have an ORP meter and it reads negative, that means this is abundant in antioxidants and it has the molecular hydrogen in it. So to me, 
even if carbonated water has good minerals in it, those bubbles to me are acidic and it's also an oxidant. So that's why I veer away from that. And I don't feel hydrated. It actually messes with my gut and, you know, gut health often ties from dehydration. So that's my take on carbonated water. Mm, I've got a couple of points. The first is an interesting one because you see a lot of mixed messages around the digestive aspect of carbonated beverages. Like you said, it messes up your gut. And I know that sometimes it will with others. And I wonder if that is the presence of sweeteners as well. And that could be playing a role there versus because most people, carbonated beverages aren't just sparkling water. It is Coca-Cola. It's all those type of things as well. Because if some people will also recommend it as a, a digestive aid. So I think there's, there's a lot of mixed messages on that one. I think that one comes out to the individual. And I'm keen to get your take on, obviously, when you test these things, they're in a very neutral environment. Of course, if I leave an apple out for a few days, that is going to get oxidized. But that same thing process isn't going to happen in my body. I have a digestive system. And when it comes to acidity coming into the body, I have kidneys, I have lungs, you know, who are doing the work for me. So how can we test this? So it's a similar outcome to what would actually happen in the body, because it's a very sterile, neutral environment where we put water into a glass we put in some pH drops, we test it versus when it goes into our body, when we have kidneys and lungs doing the work that is supposed to keep our blood within this narrow range of the pH that it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With, when it comes to pH, when you test carbonated water, it does test acidic, but there is that talk of pH where it's like, is pH important? Is acidity, alkalinity, is that important? Cause our body does balance it out. And so for me, how I view it is like, I want to make it as easy as possible on my body to alkalize. So if I'm drinking carbonated water, which is acidic and also an oxidant, which is that ORP meter test, I'm making it more challenging on my body to do that. And as far as testing goes in our internal body, I think the best way would to be doing a blood test. Someone drinking that only, only carbonated water for a week and doing a blood test, drinking only living water for a week and doing a blood test, which I don't think that's... To my knowledge, I haven't seen anything like that. So maybe that's something I should look into to do so we could see a good comparison. But just from the like the two basic things that I know of the acidity level and the lack of antioxidants and the lack of a, neg of a negative electrical charge, to me, that just doesn't fit the qualifications of healthy water that I've been researching the past few years. Yeah, I hear you on that front as well. Like you said, you're just placing less stress and demand on the body. The study I've got here, and I want to read to you because it is from WebMD. It's not from just some random uh, company that's challenging just for its own marketing purposes. It says researchers typically state that higher or lower consumption of acidic or alkaline foods rarely has an impact on blood pH levels. When there are high acid levels in the blood, it's usually because the underlying conditions like diabetes or kidney problems, lung disease can be another culprit as it reduces blood oxygenation. So here it says your, kid your kidneys and lungs remove excess carbon dioxide. This keeps your bl blood at a slightly alkaline pH of 7.35 to 7.45, regardless of what you eat or drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great article and it, it kind of ties back to what I was saying about pH. Like to me, my focus isn't pH because I agree we have an amazing body that can balance and all of that, but it doesn't say anything there about molecular hydrogen, which is what most people don't really know about. And so although the pH may be being balanced at the same time, is it fighting off that oxidation, which is different from the pH because we need free radical scavengers 
which is what antioxidants do. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, we can look at it from the perspective of just adding in like more polyphenols into the diet as well to counteract any other foods that we're getting as well. And then in terms of the hydration status, I know, I don't know if it's particularly yourself, but I know a lot of other people who recommend this living water, they don't think that carbonated water hydrates you as well. And you just mentioned it, you don't feel as hydrated. Again, is that backed by evidence or is that just anecdotal? It is just knowing what I know about bioavailability hydration. So to me, sparkling water, I mean, from the research I've done, sparkling water just sits in next to all of the other quote unquote dead waters, meaning missing all three of those properties. Because like we talked about with the blood brain barrier, when you aren't drinking properly structured water, it can't pass through and penetrate the cells as well. So it's not hydrating as much. So that's the science that I've seen personal experience. I went to Iceland. This was before I even knew about the difference between waters. And I only had access to sparkling water because that's what my aunt had gotten for the week. And I was just drinking that. And whoa, my gut was just, it was a disaster. (laughs) And I didn't really know what was going on at the time. But then it's like thinking back to it. I was like, oh, I just, I totally wasn't hydrated. And then when I stopped drinking this water, I've had times where I traveled for two weeks and decided not to bring my system. And the same thing happens, gut issues, everything kind of stops. And as much water that I try to drink doesn't help. So I just, the, the research that's there from the properties and also electrolyzed reduced water as a whole, you can see that it's more hydrating on studies, but the way that I feel too is really it like it's it's something else it's special when it comes to hydration mm. let's talk about what else you can do with it because i've seen that you've you shower with it if i'm not mistaken you wash your vegetables with it which i've actually seen some decent evidence for removing pesticides and toxins from vegetables and stuff like that so go through what else you can do with this type of water that you could add to your lifestyle yeah yeah this is a fun topic so the shower system is something different but it's from the same company That's a great system because most people don't realize that when we shower in chlorinated water, most water is chlorinated. When you shower in hot water, I don't know about you, but I like a hot shower. It get when it gets really steamy, and that's when there's chlorinated water, it turns into chloroform. So then you're inhaling chloroform. So when you shower in chlorinated water, you're consuming like eight to ten glasses on average, give or take of of chlorine and more than you would be drinking if you're drinking chlorinated water. So that's really amazing. But going over to the the different uses in the system. So when the system filters water and then sends it over these eight titanium plates dipped in surgical grade platinum. So it's basically running over these precious metals and ionizes it. It's actually splitting the water between different pHs. So we have a 2.5 pH water which is extremely acidic. You don't drink this water. It can be used as it's, we call it sanitary water because it has something called hypochlorous acid in it. And hypochlorous acid actually is is very similar to bleach. So it's, it kills, you know, 99.9% of germs in 30 seconds or less. During COVID, it was hand sanitizer and disinfectant. And you can spray your veggies with it to disinfect after the grocery store, but wiping down counters, gargling with it, it can be used as bleach for clothes. So just lots of different things. And it, let's say, like I've helped to do shop 
get this. And if there were an inspector going to the juice shop to test their water or a solution that they're cleaning with, if they went to test the 2.5 water, they'd be like, all right, you're, you're clear. It tests similar to bleach, which is, which is pretty amazing that that alone, you know, saves plastic money, chemicals around the house. Cause who knows what's in all those cleaners. It's so it's not good for us to inhale. So that's one of them. The next one is beauty water, we call it, which is 6.0. And it basically matches the pH of our skin and what our skin likes. So ladies, men too, if you, if you like beautiful skin, you can like spray it on your face and it, it is just good for your skin tones pH. The next one up from there is 7.0 clean water. And this is just clean filtered water with alkaline minerals. It's not ionized. And this is used for taking pharmaceutical medication or time release medication or making baby formula because babies don't, they don't need the ionization until they're like eating solid foods. So we just recommend to give them the clean water for baby formula just because their bodies are taking such good care of themselves and just letting them do the work. So yeah. And then the next one up is the drinking water, which is 8.5. 9.0, 9.5. So it's it's different pHs. And a lot of people think that's it's essentially alkalinity, but it's pH means potential hydrogen. So the higher the number, really the more hydrogen that there is present in the water. And then the last one, which is one of my favorites, is the veggie wash water. It's 11.5 pH water. And so this is basically it emulsifies oil. So it's the really, really high pH. You can soak your veggies and it turns it like chemistry wise. I'm not a chemist, but I have looked at the studies into this and basically it turns it into this soap. So a lot of people say it emulsifies, which it does do that. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's creating this, this soap and it removes oils from things. So you can, if you soak your veggies in it, which veggies Fruits and vegetables are covered in pesticides. And if pesticides weren't oil-based, when it rains, it would just wash it off. So it's really important that we have a solution that can emulsify oils and take those oils off. And so it's crazy. You see the colors that come off when you wash your produce and you're like, oh man, like, and pesticides are linked to so many horrible birth defects and, you know, sicknesses as well. I have some really crazy stories from one specifically from a friend of her, her daughter being born with her intestines outside of her body. She was living on a farm, didn't know that she wasn't supposed to be drinking the tap. And a few months in her pregnancy, they told her and she was like, oh no, and had her baby and went through this whole process. And she now educates specifically on pesticides because of her experience. And she is the water system now. And it, it's really helped wonders with all of that, but it could be used for other things too a degreaser for your stove, for your fridge, fingerprints, anything that needs oil removed. Oh, laundry detergent. It's a great laundry detergent. So yeah, just lots of fun ways to experiment. Plenty of uses. And in terms of the alkalinity side of things, is there any disadvantages to consuming too much uh, water with a higher alkalinity? Could there be any downsides to that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you asked this. So it depends what kind of alkaline water you're talking about, because nowadays there's once alkaline water, as we all know, it's all the craze. Um, there are a few different kinds. There's things to be aware of. 
So we need to be really aware of synthetic minerals added to water. You find these in alkaline water bottle brands. And I don't want to name brands, but some of the really big ones, they they really aren't, aren't natural and can cause your body a lot of harm. A lot of ingredients, sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda. And although baking soda might help with your acid reflux or in small doses has its, you know, positive benefits. If you're guzzling synthetic minerals, anything that ends with ick, ate, or acid, like sodium bicarbonate, you can keep an eye out for those things. When you consume an excess of especially synthetic minerals, it builds up in your body like plaque and can just cause an excess of too many minerals. The same thing can happen with naturally occurring minerals. Like if you're loading up on supplements and all these things, it's just something to be aware of, but synthetic minerals are really the one to be aware of. But when there's alkaline water with an electric charge, so this isn't a scientific term, but a lot of people call it ionized alkalized water, just because it's like the combination of ionized and alkaline is alkalized. So that's not a scientific term. So you won't find studies on that, but that's just like, there's slang words in the industry, but since there's an electric charge on the mineral, it doesn't build up in your system because it, when the charge goes away, your body's used that mineral, it's been more bioavailable. And then when the charge goes away, you're, you don't risk that buildup. And there's a doctor, Dr. Moika Renaud, she's done a study on this. She says you cannot overly alkalize on electrolyzed reduced water. And I can, we can throw that in the, in the resources as well, if that would be helpful. Mm. I mean, how many, how much minerals and alkalized water did she give these people to find out? <laughs> she, she wrote an article on it. I don't know exactly how she came to the conclusion, but she just, she writes her findings and it's, it's pretty cool. She, she's actually from Austria and she used to run her holistic practice. And when she moved to Florida in the States, everything she was doing, she was like, why are my patients not seeing the same results? And so she started digging and researching and found that it was the water source and Florida especially doesn't have the best water. So she's seen a positive side of that. Yeah. But I want to emphasize also medical grade ionized water is, is different from just any ionized water system. So the medical grade, you really need to look for medical grade when you go out looking for an ionizer. Mm, and in theory, would you have to hydrate less than you typically would? Mm, I would say no. Like some people, if they drink the water and they drink a quarter of a gallon a day, their their body's working and doing what it's doing. But people might not be like, oh, I don't feel the benefits as much. It's like, you still got to drink your water and you got to eat healthy. And you got to work out. And I drink, this is, this is my... I drink two of these a day and that's a gallon. So I, I drink a gallon a day and I swear by it. If I'm not feeling well, more water. So the quantity still goes for, okay. you know, any water. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I thought it would be a little bit less just based on the fact that if you're not quite getting your cells as hydrated as they could be, I would expect that you could be able to get away with less, but that's not the case. It's doing its job. It is hydrating more. That is proven, but at the same time, I wouldn't recommend someone to hydrate less because of it. But let's say I have a quarter gallon to drink in a given day and you got to choose a bottle of water or this water. I would take my living water any day because I know I will feel better and it will hydrate me more, but I don't 
want to go out being like, well, cut your water intake in half and with drink this water. It's just, I just drink more water. (laughs) That's just what I'm going to tell anyone. Cool. So I want to get to super practical terms on that note as well, because I feel sometimes I almost think we cover like the people who have easy access, but even where I'm in Mexico, I was doing some research and apparently 30% of people don't even have access to clean water here. It doesn't even get to where they're at. So for someone who doesn't quite have access, what's their best go-to to ensure that they are getting the most quality hydration that they can? Yeah. When I am just a biggest, the biggest believer in filtration, if anything, don't go buy a bottle, don't go buy glass bottles, because at the end of the day, you're just going to be spending on money and you're never going to own your water. It's like, would you rather pay rent? Or would you rather pay a mortgage? If I'm going to spend on any bit of water, I want to spend on water that I'm going to own. And like, it's going to be in my possession. So in Mexico, for example, I brought my machine to Mexico and I just had a, an extra pre-filtration system that really made sure like, all of that bad stuff was filtered out. So finding a company, I, I use a company that pairs with my ionizer. I love them. They do free water quality analysis tests and tell me exactly what filter they recommend. But for anyone, just anywhere in the world, go find a company that will test your water or has already done a test and knows how to filter it and then drink that water. That's that's what I say because you're saving money, you're avoiding the environmental you know, impact and avoiding that plastic and stuff. But with a filtration system, make sure that it's not reverse osmosis. Or if it is reverse osmosis, that you're putting back in naturally occurring minerals. And then of course, I'm always going to say, top it off with the ionization process because that's where the healing and the really the full package comes into play. And I'm in an airport. I haven't got my ionizer with me. I just need to drink. Is it better to go for the bottled water or to just hold off until I can hydrate myself properly? Yeah, well, first fun fact, you can actually bring, I'll I'll carry this onto a plane. I just, it's my medical water. So I tell them it's medical water and they test it and they send it on, they send it on its way. And I'm in, I just flew last night and I carried my ionizer on the plane. So you can travel with it really easily. So to me, I just, I always fill up like a gallon or a half gallon or anything while I travel. So I'm never in that position. So if you own one, I would go that route. But if not, if there's filtration systems at the airports, which most airports from all my travels, I've traveled around the world. Most of them have water filtration. And at the end of the day, if you buy a water bottle and you drink that water bottle every once in a blue moon, I've been in scenarios where I have to do it. It's okay. Just, just know that that's not the solution. Don't, don't like simmer on that and think you're just ruining your body. Just be aware of what you're doing and like try to plan ahead. I think planning ahead in any health sense, food, exercise, water, anything. It just takes an extra step of planning. And in that you're healthier in the long run. So just thinking ahead is huge. Yeah, I agree. And on that note, I'm going to dig deeper because I know with the clients I work with, just getting them to drink water is hard enough. So let alone getting them to think one step ahead and carry a giant gallon of ionized water with them would probably be something that's maybe... I don't know if they cared enough, they'd probably do it, but it, it can be seem impractical at times. Do you have any advice for those people who are just like, I don't even remember to pick up my water bottle? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. What I found with people who don't like drinking water, 
this water just tastes better. It feels better. And so people become obsessed with it. (laughs) And this, this is the case for most people. I'll go into the other, maybe small fraction as well, but people just love this water. And it's with your clients as you probably recommend different ways to like eat healthier and be healthier and exercise. I would just really continue encouraging them. Like if you want to see these health changes, you have to think ahead. But at the end of the day, if you, if you forget and you're at the airport, buy one water bottle, drink that. Or if it were me, since that's been sitting in plastic, if you see like a filtration system, this is wasteful. Yes. So this most, some people may not like this, but like, I don't drink that water. So use the water bottle, go fill up from the filter and have that filtered water or just drink the water bottle and then reuse it and fill it up. So just finding ways to get as little plastic and water, uh, you know, microplastics in your water as possible is the best way to go about it. So whatever you have to do to do that, get creative, but, you know, set an alarm on your phone. Okay. I'm traveling the next day at 11 a.m set an alarm for 10 a.m. or just prep it the night before. Just get everything in a pile. And this will be practice for organization and, you know, health. (laughs) Yeah. My last question is on water bottles, actually, on that note. I've used to carry around glass water bottles and I remember dropping mine in the changing rooms of the gym and feeling so bad that they had to clean up after me. So do you recommend like the aluminum or aluminum ones do you what type of water bottles aside from glass would you recommend because i know that that can be a easily broken but also be quite heavy as well if you're carrying around a gallon it is super heavy yeah yeah that's funny i being in colorado i had one of these in the car and had it filled and i left it in there and it cracked because it was frozen it was sad but (laughs) so glass is my preference but copper copper is great because copper like tiny traces of copper are good for you and so you can find really good looking copper water bottles hydro flasks or like those aluminum water bottles they're good but i don't like those as much because i find they can alter the taste a tiny bit and Mm. over time especially yeah so just making sure you clean it and if it's old just get a new one but you know those aluminum ones copper or glass, or I do have, I, I backpack and I camp a lot. I have Nalgene's. They're the BPA free, like thick plastic, but it's not like that flimsy plastic. I think those are okay. As long as you're not leaving the water in, like in a hot car or anything for days on end and letting the water bake. Like if it's old water, I, and it's been in there, I just, I don't, I don't do it. Yeah. What is your perspective just on BPA free plastics? Cause I'm still skeptical if I'm completely honest, especially like you said, under extreme temperatures. So what's your take on BPA free? Yeah, I, to my, like it's better than non BPA free, but at the same time, I just try to avoid plastic because with the regulations these days, you can drive yourself crazy diving into is it this? Is it this? I found out yesterday that there's BPA in cans and mm, I, is, I love receipts. my can soup. That was the biggest one from there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, there's always something with today's day and age. And so I just, I like to encourage people like, don't drive yourself crazy, but do what you can avoid plastic. If you're going to buy a plastic, something get BPA free and just 
every little thing that you do, you can't do it all. Just like if someone's, if someone's vegan, then they might not be doing this. If someone's not vegan, but they might be doing like this environmental factor really well. And it's like, if we can all contribute in various ways, it impacts the environment positively. It impacts our bodies positively. Don't drive yourself crazy. Just do the best you can and live healthy and keep that mindset positive. Mm, I like that message. Barry, do you have any closing thoughts on hydration and water? Ask questions, drink water, a lot of it, and do your research. Also, if anyone has any questions and wants to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to help dive deeper on a topic. And I just, I love helping people with hydration. So it's been really fun talking with you, Elliot. And I appreciate the questions and the feedback and like the contrasting questions. I think it's great. It's something I should think into and dive into. So this has been a blast. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's been a really interesting discussion. If people do want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah. My Instagram is the best way. TikTok as well. They're both the same usernames. It's B-E-R-I like the fruit. So Barry like the fruit. And I can also link my email. And then I have a website as well, where there's you know direct links to set up a call with me and really whatever you need. But Instagram, I'm really responsive there. So feel free to just shoot me a message and I'm happy to help anyone. Beautiful. I'll drop all that in the show notes. But like I said, it's been a really great conversation. So thank you for coming on and sharing your insights on water. I think fundamentally, the main take-home message is just to live a little closer to the earth, a little closer to nature, a little closer to how we're supposed to, and stick to the fundamental principles. And you should find yourself in a much better place from a physical and mental well-being perspective. Amazing. Thank you so much, Barry. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate it. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.